Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right, is there any way to get into this in a real way? Is there any way to start talking about this in a way? Because we were having a conversation before we started recording that felt like good sauce, now I are like like when you know what's the it's the uncertainty principle. Once you start observing something, it starts to behave differently. But so you can't ever actually observe something behaving naturally because as soon as you observe it, it acts as if it's being observed. We're experiencing that right now, by the way. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're also exp- you're experiencing that. I'm I'm also I'm, I'm also a physicist. I'm that. also a physicist now. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about a couple shows ago when I went into this long bachelor rant. And then uh, was making a lot of like broad, uh, broad statements about women and men, which is what I do. I tend to just like say shit, uh, and then like I'll just say something, and then like let's hash it out. Like here's the thing: this is what I'm going to say. Now you tell me what you think, and uh, that's the way I like to work. And then you get to you get to some place maybe in the middle, uh, or maybe you don't. But what's going on now, maybe, is like, I'll just say some crazy shit, and then people take that little bit, and they'll go, uh, I'm going to put this in my little hate machine, fire it up like a hookah, and fucking smoke this shit, and go fuck yourself. We're at the hookah bar now. Hey. <laughs> That's the way the guys talk at the hookah bar. Hey, man. Hey, you want to some of this hookah? Hey, man. I like this bubblegum flavored hookah jam man it's a pineapple upside down cake hookah bar hey man we're all let's the, try the new let's try the new flavor man hey man how many flavors do you have i don't know what your ex i'm trying to keep my accent new and fresh and unlike any other people ever that existed oh. i don't know who this guy is but i like him he's, he's the at hook- the hookah bar guy i i mean <clears throat> We're in a weird part of culture where it just feels like a minefield to talk yeah. about to talk about hookahs. <laughs> no, That's what you don't want to do in our culture. Talk about hookah bars. No, because the 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 hashtag me hookah movement has been <laughs> just wrapped with trepidation. People are going down me, in a big way. Me hookah hardly nuka. <laughs> wow. And that single joke resurrected the entire movement. Yeah, no, but to, to even have a conversation where you might be wrong or you might be saying something that you might be having a conversation that might change your mind about gender or women or what's good and bad about whatever culture, it just feels almost not even worth trying to do it because it just feels impossible. Check this out. So on Twitter last night, and I, I got to get off Twitter because they fucked up all the algorithms and like... I don't like seeing the tweets that other people like, because it's just I've 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 taken out a lot of the political stuff just to make my life happier. But but people that I like what they like I like what they tweet, 
but now I'm seeing what they simply like. So it's putting on this, it's just giving me this content I don't give a fuck about. So I ended up seeing this chick, and I think her Twitter handle is like angry black lady. So immediately you kind of get a picture of what she's all about. And her tweet, she's she's real chill. Her, exactly. She's she's reading the fucking buttress of Windsor in a bubble bath and and <laughs> thinking about fucking one of my one of my favorite books, you know, the, the buttress of Windsor. The buttress of I'm on chapter three right now. I've been on chapter three for a while. Yeah, it's probably twenty five. It's years. a long well, it's a long it's chapter. a long tome. But anyway, she so I guess Bill Burr came out and said he was being very serious about sexual assault. And he's he came out and said as the father of three daughters, I take sexual assault very seriously. And this bitch is criticizing him for it and going, you know what I hate? I hate when guys say that as a father of whatever, I take sexual assault seriously. You should take sexual assault seriously even if you're not a father of daughters. And I'm like, and I, I never do this, but I tweeted at her. And I wrote, you realize you're criticizing him for doing the right thing. However he gets there, they're mean in this case, meaning caring about sexual assault, like really thinking about it, taking a time to not be funny comedian Bill Burr and actually try to use his platform to say sexual assault is a serious issue. You're 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 criticizing him for that because you want to virtue signals what? He's not the fucking enemy. And another guy wrote, That's like saying I hate racism because I have a black friend. And I'm like, are you guys just totally fucking retarded? Are you guys the stupidest people in the world? Because sometimes it takes having a black friend, or in my case, which I wasn't racist, but I we have black family members. And I've known a lot of racist people in my life because I grew up in Alabama. And sometimes it takes having a relationship with someone that's not like you to realize the error of your ways and to move forward in love. But what's happening now in this outrage culture is people who are like, hey, I thought black people all black people were blah 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 until my best friend's black now and I've completely changed my mind. They're like, that I can't believe you. That I can't believe that's what it took. It's like, who gives a fuck what it takes to have the right ideas? Yeah, but if she was like, hey, hey uh, Bill, that's cool that you said that, she'd have to change her her Twitter handle to like chill black chick. Right. She's kind of just she, yeah, she's playing to her brand, I guess. But, right. but here's she has the deal. to be her thing. When I clicked, so it had a million retweets and a million likes because people love this shit. I liked a tweet from a green black chick about how you don't need to have daughters to care about sexual assault. Look how liberal and virtuous I am. But I, I've, and then a million comments, and I thought for sure someone like me, because I'm liberal, I'm left, someone, re, but I'm also reasonable and smart. So I thought surely someone in there will say something similar to what I said. Like, hey, don't criticize him for having the right idea. Like, there are people who really don't care about sexual assault. There are people who think women are nothing and think that women are objects. Let's maybe go after them. I was literally the only guy saying anything like that. Well, here's the thing. I agree 100% with what you're saying. Guess what I don't ever do? Comment. No, I shouldn't. Or, or I immediately anything. I've never, I've never left a comment ever on anything. Because, first of all, who gives a fuck? about my opinion like nobody so why do i think that anybody cares and here's the other thing i know for a fact 
I'm not changing anybody's mind about anything. You believe what you believe. Everybody believes what they believe. And so sometimes you can like land on the same lily pad and go, look, we're on the same lily pad. But if you're on that lily pad over there and I'm like, hey, why don't you come over to this lily pad? You're like, I'm fine over here on my lily pad. Why don't you come over here? And then you're just like, it's bullshit. Like people, you don't change people's minds. All you can do is be who you are, be real, be authentic. And then maybe... Somebody will see that and go, oh, that makes sense, and change their own mind. There are people sort of on the sidelines who haven't really made up their mind. They're sort of, they're sort of looking at the sides to see what people are saying. And I just feel like sometimes I feel a responsibility not to change people's minds, not to be a fucking hero, a philosophical hero, or culture war hero, because I don't give a fuck. But I do feel like I want to put something here that at least, you know, in all the noise... There's at least one voice that's disagreeing with the torrent of virtue signaling. There's at least one guy being like, um, this doesn't make any sense. You, should, you shouldn't be criticizing someone who's on your side. They care about this. Maybe spin, this ener- spin the black, angry lady energy against people who treat women, who actually really do think women are invaluable. Not the guy saying, I think women should be heard. You see what I'm saying? Why yeah, do yeah. why do liberals do that? It's one of the reasons we get crushed. It's because liberals virtue signal. Al Franken got accused of make of making a, a lurid joke ten years ago, and he resigned. He quit his fucking job. He was going to fucking run for president, dude. He was a liberal senator that we needed. But what did he do? I've, I've got to take the high road. I've got to take the high road. I'm going to quit my job because that's what Trump should have done. He's got 16 allegations of sexual assault, and he didn't quit, but I'm going to show him what we do. We quit. They're never going to quit. Roy Moore got accused of having sex with children, and he kept running, and he almost won in Alabama. He barely lost. Meanwhile, yeah, I don't think, meanwhile Al Franken's I, quitting his fucking job. I don't think it was Al Franken that wanted to quit. I think the other Democrats were like, hey, you have to quit because if you don't, then we're not the moral high ground, then we're part of the problem. And the, the problem, I agree with what you're saying, which is like, you did something wrong. So you didn't, maybe you knew you were doing something wrong. Maybe you knew you were doing something shady. Maybe you didn't know you were doing anything wrong. Maybe you were just having a good time, whatever it is. But now you've learned what it is that you were doing wrong. You figured it out. That's great. You've got, you've gotten older, you've matured. Now you're like, Hey, this thing I did back then, I don't do it anymore because I found out it's not right. Right. So I'm not going to do that anymore. Going forward, I'm going to do this new thing. It's called making amends. Now, if you're, if you do that, if you make amends and you apologize for what you did and you go, Hey, going forward, I'm not going to do that anymore. Then you're part of the solution. Now you're not part of the problem. Those people need to be embraced. Louis C.K., when he wrote that big thing about what he did wrong and why he's not doing it anymore. And he was very succinct in what, what he was doing and, and why it was wrong. He should have at that point been embraced by the me too movement and by everybody and said, Oh, look, here's a man he's changed. He's made amends. Let's let's, he's part of the solution. Now it's like me. I was an alcoholic I am an alcoholic. I'll always be an alcoholic. I used to drink and do all kinds of fucked up shit because I was drunk and and uh, and I had made bad decisions. And then at some point I quit. And then part of my quitting process was going back to all the people that I had harmed in any way or said stupid shit to or, 
you know, puked in their car or whatever the fuck it was that I did and gone, Hey, I used to do this. I'm not doing it anymore. I've changed. I'm making amends going forward. I'm going to do this other thing. And everybody that I talked to that I, you know, that I made amends with, were like, Oh, that's great. I'm so happy that you've, that you're not doing that anymore because you know, you seem, seem like you're okay guy. And that's not going on anymore in society. We're at this, like, if you fucking said something stupid eight years ago, you're out forever. You're out forever. And it's stupid. And what it'll do is it'll stop people from coming out and saying, I want to be part of the solution. Like Morgan Spurlock, like when he, Oh my God, that was horrible. He came forward and said all that shit. He's like, Hey, I don't want to hide any of this stuff. I want to, I, I did some shit that was sketchy. I want to talk about it. I want to be part of the solution. They're like, oh yeah, great. Go fuck yourself. It's not helpful. Uh, and then then what you have is you have this thing where it's like, well, you just the only thing you can do now is deny or say it's all bullshit or a lie because the people that do that are in office, which is fucked up. Well, and, and there's, there's just other collateral damage too where – you know, the Aziz Ansari story to me was a huge uh, warning sign here because from what I could tell from the Aziz story is he met a chick, he took her out on a date, he tried to hook up with her, she didn't really want it to go where he wanted it to go, he called her an Uber, she went home. Now, turning that into a big Me Too thing, the collateral damage involved is that takes heat off real issues, like real Me Too shit. R- women who are really, truly being abused by... Dudes and in and in, in being like manipulated in the workplace and at their jobs and by dudes who treat them like objects and like shit, and it's just to virtue signal all that like this angry black chick to go after the guy saying that sexual assault should be taken seriously because he didn't get there through the avenues that she thinks are appropriate is just that's energy that's not spent really dealing with the problem, and the thing is with Louis C.K. it's even more nuanced than him apologizing, which I I read all that I thought that was fine. You going and making amends is cool. I think someone has the right to be like, well, like for me, for example, Louis C.K., I'm out. I'm done with him. That's fine. I just, I, I accept his apology, I guess, or whatever, but I'm kind of just done. He, he did, you know, he waited till he got caught. He got caught. And I'm just kind of done. I don't need his comedy in my life enough to justify the shit he did to women. But I'm not calling for him to never do comedy again. I think he should go on tour and sell tickets and whoever decides they can make peace with what he's done and still laugh at him. I think that's all cool in the gang. I know, but check this out. So, so check this out. So let's say you have uh Louis C with what happened with Louis CK. Somebody comes forward from like 15 years ago and says, or 10 years, whatever it was, Hey, this happened. Then Louis like, Oh yeah, that did happen. He's not denying it. He said it did happen. He, does his thing. Now he's embraced by people because he's like, oh, he fessed up to it. He's, he said it wasn't a lie. He copped to it. He's changed his ways. We're going to embrace him. We're going to continue to support him. We're going to continue to work with him. Now, everybody that's done some shady shit sees that and goes, oh, I can come out it's and safe go, for me. this is, yeah. the, I can come out and be part of the solution. I can go, Hey, this is my shady shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking dude who's made mistakes and I want to be part of the solution too. And then all of a sudden you get all these people coming forward, making changes and the world gets better. Now 
you have what we have now, which is fucking Louis C.K. You included are like, fuck that guy. He's out of my life. I don't give a fuck about his thing. Nobody wants to work with him. Now, all the people that have done the shady shit are like, well, fuck. I can't. I can't. The only way I can be part of the solution is to just not do this shit. Keep it all tucked inside and not let anybody know. And then you have what we have. And what we've always had, which is like secrecy and darkness and and it's just more of the same. It does not help to fucking ostracize these folks. Well, I don't. Well, see, that's the point I was trying to make. I'm not ostracizing him, but the public have a right to decide if they want to move forward with somebody because it's not like, oh, well, if they apologized, everything's cool in the gang. That's not automatically so. You have to you have to make your own decisions about what you can live with as a consumer and what you want to give money to. What and that that's for anything. If you, when Chick Fil A is funneling one dollar for every fucking meal you buy into an organization that that supports uh, gay conversion conversion therapy, you have to decide if you like the chicken sandwich enough to give a dollar to people who fucking give electroshock treatment to gay people. That's for you to decide. You may decide. I, I, I've made the decision. I, I, I like that that Chick Fil A shit is real good. Right, and a lot of people did. A lot of people were like, "Look, I like gay people, but I don't. It's just one dollar, and I don't know what they do with their whatever." That's all fine. And I think any- do I do I do I believe in in uh, gay conversion therapy? Absolutely not. Is it ridiculous? Yes. Is it all bullshit? Yes. Do, but me is my is my eating at Chick Fil A going to change? Uh, the people that run Chick Fil A's tune, not no. If I don't eat there, uh, people are still they're still gonna do whatever the fuck they're gonna. Well, do. no, it, it there there was a there was even even me admitting that I eat at Chick Fil A. Now somebody's gonna be all like, "Fuck that dude eating at Chick Fil A. He's he's supporting fucking gay conversion therapy." I'm not. I just like eating at Chick Fil A. Well, you'll be glad to know that actually there was a consumer boycott, and they actually did quit doing that. And so, you know, like consumer boycotts work. But it's the same thing as anything. They had to change their mind. They went kicking and screaming into the fucking 21st century on the gay rights issue because they had to. And it really all came down to money. And that's fine. And so I didn't need it Chick-fil-A at the time that they were doing that. They quit doing it. And now I eat there again and with a clean conscience. It's fine. I, I have to admit that there was a period of time where I didn't eat at Chick-fil-A. When I found out their stance, but eventually I was like, fuck that. I'm going to eat at Chick-fil-A because this shit is good. Uh, And that's what I'm saying is for each person, you decide what you can live with. And for me personally, like, and I hope angry black lady doesn't get onto me for this. But for me personally, being a father of a daughter has probably made me a little more uh, rigid on this issue than I might have been without a daughter. And I'm sorry if that's not the path of enlightenment that she hopes I have, but... When I think about my daughter, let's say she wants to go into comedy and she wants to work for one of her heroes, and then he basically is trying to jerk off in front of her and put, making her feel like she might get fired if she doesn't let him. That's that's too much for me. And you know what? A lot of other people are funny who don't do that, at least that I know of. So I don't need to give Louis C.K. my money or time anymore. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for the laughs. Uh, but that's just me. So if if you decide, well, he said he was sorry. I think it's cool. I I want people like him to be rewarded for fessing up to it. I think that's totally fine. It's it's the outrage culture. Like he should never work again. He should never hold a microphone again. It's like, what do you mean? Like people have to have freedom to be wrong, own up to it, apologize, and move forward in life, and keep doing their jobs. I'm all well, I'm all for that. 
Uh, yeah, I just don't. Louis Louis C.K. doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like wants to hurt women or wants to like. I I really do believe, and, and this is me just maybe. Uh, this is for sure me fantasizing what Louis C.K. believed, but I believe that he thought like maybe chicks were digging this or maybe they liked it or maybe you know because well, obviously several of them obviously said, he did it said no obviously he did it successfully a few times and uh it worked out the way he wanted it to work out and 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 uh yeah sure he's a total so, sure. creep he's a total creep some of them said no he abused but, the situation but he guys knew what are he creeps was doing. guys are creeps i'm a creep yeah no doubt i mean no doubt but and uh, but we got to deal with what's going on. You can't be like, well, guys are creeps. That's not going to work. He has to he has to be held accountable for what he did. Well, he's holding himself accountable. That's the thing. Anyways, I, I, I kind of. I mean, he got busted. Well, I, again, I mean, you got to. It's like that wiener guy who now is in jail. Uh, well, he was fucking I around. Would, with, he was fucking around with kids. He was fucking around with kids, and the thing was, like, he was vindicated a few times, and he just kept doing it. Right, like, right. I'm like, if Louis C.K. comes out and says, hey, look, I'm not doing this anymore, and then he gets caught doing that shit again, then I'm like, yeah, then I'm out. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But uh, if he's like, hey, I'm cha- I've changed my ways. I'm not doing this anymore. I see how what's wrong about it, and I'm not going to do it. And then there's no more allegations. Then I'm like, okay, he's changed his ways. He's great. I got no problems with it. Let's tell us some jokes, fat man. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever his fucking. Are you calling him is. fat? Are you he's fat shaming? Sh- you can't call people fat anymore. That's over. <laughs> he calls himself fat. I'm fat. I'm fatter than he is. I've been losing a lot of lbs, man. I'm on like day 15 of running five miles a day and eating nothing but salads, and it's working right, well, out pretty good. It. Rub it in. I just spent. I'm just the telling you, go do eating it. as much chocolate and bread. You were on vacation. I was on vacation. Were you up there with old Raquel? I was. Yep. That well, it, when you ha- when one of your friends is a, a cook, the you're going to eat a lot of shit. Well, I've I've put on a few pounds, and I was hoping to go to this songwriters com- conference, uh, looking swelt and. uh hot and i'm just gonna be looking like the same old fat old dick that i am tell everyone what the 38 songwriters festival is explain what that is uh that's where you're going is, today right yeah 38 is a long road in florida and they have all these little beach clubs and stuff on it it's a really cool little area of on the coast on the gulf coast in florida and uh beautiful beaches really kind of high-end sort of condos and really nice houses and stuff and they have a songwriter festival there once a year in the off season because most of the people that live there during the summer, spring and fall don't live there in the winter. And so they have all these empty condominiums, empty uh, hotels, uh, empty houses. And so what they do is they bring in like four or 500 songwriters and they give them places to stay and uh, have this great songwriter festival every year and uh, i've been doing it for like four or five years and just love it and some some years the weather's better than others uh this year it's gonna be great yeah it's it's a lot of fun and like you know when you're down there are you able to take the fam 
Yeah, I always take the family, so it's uh, it's yeah, so it's like a little vacation. Yeah, the last few years I've been able to just take my wife. We were able to leave our kid with family, so we don't really get to do that ever. So it's fun because you'll you'll be there. I'm there with my friend Elise. Our friend Charlie Mars is usually like it's just a lot of my songwriting friends are there. I usually right. end up meeting new songwriters uh, just because. Do you do rounds when you're there, or you just do shows? Uh, I don't like doing song songwriter rounds where I don't you really take turns it, yeah. like a song swaps. Yeah, it's the right. worst because you never really can get in a flow. Yeah, totally. So the few times that they've had me do it, we just uh, we just end up like I'm like, well, we're supposed to play for an hour. You take the first half hour and take the second half hour, or vice versa, and just do it that way. Yeah. It is a fun time, though. It's a good vibe down there. Sometimes those vibes for those things can be real weird, but the vibe usually at 38 is pretty good. It's great. People are there to listen. It's they like really an are. Older, yeah. It's like an older demographic, so everybody's like quiet, and, and uh, uh, it's great. It's fun. Well, you get to go from a New York vacation down to a Florida vacation. Yeah. Doing a lot of vacationing. Well, I mean, I feel like my life is a vacation. My vacations actually are the most work I do. Like when I have to leave my house, when I have to leave my, you know, work, then that feels like work. But yeah. what I do, like writing songs, doing these podcasts, making art, hanging out with my family, that's my life normally. And I love it. Yeah, I, and, uh, I'm with you on that. I'm in, so a, I'm, to, I'm in a weird spot, though, where I don't know if Laura's like this, but... I travel a lot like you do for my job. And if I have a little stretch of time that I'm not doing that, my wife wants to go somewhere. Right. Whereas I so badly just want to be home where all my books and films and gear are. And like my play, my playhouse that I've created for myself as an adult. But we always have to go on a trip. You know, I do it for her. She doesn't get to get out. So right. we're going to Denver. Or we're going to fucking, you know, Asheville or... And yeah. then, and that does feel I have to get into a different kind of zone for that because that does feel for me like work sometimes. Yeah, I came home yesterday and she's like, "I want to go see the Northern Lights <laughs> in what? Alaska." My I'm wife, like, "Where yeah. the, where the fuck in Alaska?" And she's like, "Oh, it's like 25 miles outside of Fairbanks. It's right. this like at the seat of the Borealis where you like live in these domes and it's like, who fucking knows how much goddamn money this costs? Like thousands of dollars, probably a night. And she's like, do you want to go? I'm thinking about going with a friend. I'm like, fuck no, I don't want to goddamn go to goddamn Alaska. Fuck no. I don't give a fuck about the Northern Lights. If I want to see the Northern Lights, I'll look on fucking YouTube. I, it's funny how similar we are about this. I feel like such a cynical asshole, but sometimes my wife will be like, come look at this sunset. I'm like, do we really need to see another sunset? I know what they look like. I do too. And they're not that great. It's just okay. Even if it's the greatest sunset I've ever seen, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I totally. I don't. I totally agree. My wife wants to see the Northern Lights too, or she'd be like, "Well, the moon—it's going to be a super moon tonight." I'm like, "I don't. I can't imagine caring." Get, yeah. Guess how long I care about the super moon? Exactly one second. <laughs> I see it. I log it. I'm done. It was logged. You got it logged. I got it fucking logged. Oh, but, super moon <laughs> done. What's next, honey? I, what honey, else? I went ahead. And oh logged. no! But look at it. It's so big. It's logged. I've got it logged. We don't need to keep com commenting about how big the moon is. It's close to the horizon. I got it. 
Guess who else I'm logged it? I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. Guess who else logged it? Everyone in Nashville. Every fucking Instagram post is a better picture than yours of the supermoon. How about... I- my favorite is when you like see something like the supermoon or whatever, and then you pull out your camera and you take a picture of it, and then you look at it, it's like a fucking pin prick on the fucking dark thing. You're like, that's not a very impressive picture of the supermoon. Or you, or take, you a- take a picture of a rainbow or whatever it is. It's always shitty. Well, or you take a picture of it never to look at the picture again. Oh, no. You're not looking at that. No, never. You, you, you got to get it posted so people know that your life is great. Other than that, it has complete zero value in your happiness in your life. Oh, gotta I'm get it, gotta you. gram it, gotta gram it, gotta gram it, gotta let people know I saw the supermoon. Gotta let people know I saw the supermoon. I see beautiful things. I witnessed Dude, beauty. B- before my son was born, like literally from the time I left, I, from basically my entire life until my son was born, and I had my son when I was 40. For the first 40 years of my life, I did not take a single picture like my parents took a few pictures of me when I was a kid so there are some pictures of me and then in bands we'd take like a band photo every once in a while somebody'd snap a picture of me but outside of that I didn't have any photos at all for 40 years now when my son was born I started taking a shitload of pictures of my son so I've got a lot of pictures of him and I got a lot of pictures of my daughter but other than that like if you go to my Instagram guess what there isn't on my Instagram any pictures of me at all. And I and, and my management's like, hey, you need to post some pictures of you like doing some fucking music shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that. All I care about is art and music. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I understand their problem. I mean, I, I hate managers so much. I just hate all of them so much. I'm sorry to any managers that I've worked with that are listening to this. But I get that their job is to sell you and market you and they need that kind of content. That's fine. But on, but part of me is like, well, that's your fucking job. Why don't you figure that out? Because here's what you're busy doing, and I know this because I know you. You're making the stuff. Someone sent me a video of an old acquaintance, someone who was a songwriter, ended up not doing anything. I'm not going to say who they are because I don't want to embarrass them. But they, they're, Paul put, Simon. they're putting... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney. Uh, they're making this YouTube series about how to write songs. Okay, this is a person who writes songs but has never had any success as a songwriter. Now they're teaching. By the people. way, here's here's how long my how to write songs YouTube video lasts. It's just this a long. fart noise. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is it. Ready? How to write songs with Bob Schneider? Write songs. The end. Or I'll. Uh, that's that's the answer. Uh, I'll also accept. I don't know, which is also true. No, I I know. You write them. Well, that's all. That's how you do it. Okay. How do you take You're a poop? Right. You poop. Right. Oh, no, but here, here's a video on how to poop correctly. Spread your cheeks real wide. Get in there with your fingers and get that anus stretched out real wide so when the poop comes out, it doesn't stain the sides of your butt cheeks. Do it. Do it. Get your fingers in there and dig. Dig in. Get that pooper real stretched out wide. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. This is the long, I feel like, how many podcasts have we done now? 14, 15? I feel like this is the first time we've actually gotten really into anal. And I swear to God, you and me, when we would used to talk in the day, a minute would go by before we started talking about anal. And this is the first time there's been any anal talk. Well, I'm real unhappy about this pivot. <laughs> oh, I know you are. And we're out of time. I'm not loving this pivot. All right. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> 
Um, you can email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Go listen to our other stuff. You know what it is by now. And go clickety-clack your way to iTunes. Leave us a positive well, do review. They know? Let, let's, let's tell them. There's uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, which is Clint's incredible, the most popular podcast about all things Metallica, but you don't need to know Metallica or listen to Metallica to have a good time listening to it. So check that out. Also check out my song club, both of them on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. All right, peace.